Welcome to The Spawn Chunks, episode number 13 for Monday, October 29th, 2018. My name is Johnny, but for Halloween, I'm going as a YouTuber called Pixel Riffs, and joining me as always is the ghostly form of Joel Duggan. Hi, Joel. <laughs> I felt like, uh, I, I, I I felt like, like I have to do a... making this at least vaguely Halloween-themed at the start of the show. <laughs> I'm not a big Halloween guy. I, it's fun, but I don't like horror films. I don't dress up. Yeah, <laughs> uh, I like half price candy on November first. That's that's the best part, as far as I'm concerned. Yeah, yeah being that's, that's generally where I go. Being married to an American, like I, I maybe did Halloween kind of a few years as a kid, but it was never mm -hmm. such a big thing over here in the UK. But having having been married to an American for a while and been over there a couple of times when Halloween has been happening, I I, I have the experience of what like true Halloween is to you know, the US and yeah, there's, yeah. there's some pretty intense stuff. Like my wife gets genuinely sad if we don't have like a Halloween costume planned, but I'm like, you know what? We just moved to this neighborhood like a year or two ago and we had two, maybe three trick or treaters last year. Like we had the security light outside of our house fixed. So like it comes on if people come down the steps towards our front door, just so we know if they're actually coming. But we were like, yeah, we need to get some kind of lighting out there just so they know it's okay to approach. But uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we'll see how uh, how much Halloween gets gets done around this time of year, and in fact, how much Halloween gets done in this episode. Because I wanted to I wanted to preface this episode kind of by saying we had probably from like what was it episode two or three around that time. Yeah, we must around that time we planned that episode thirteen was going to fall on basically like the Monday before Halloween. So we were like, right, we're doing the spooky episode. We're going to talk about all of the spooky stuff in Minecraft. It's going to be bats and cobwebs and the wither and, you know, stuff mm -hmm. like that. And then they dropped a massive snapshot just a few days ago. And it's, <laughs> it's basically all anybody in the Minecraft community is talking about right now. So a lot of the, the kind of spookier discussions that we were planning have kind of been swept to one side. And in a way, that may be a good thing because we have so much to discuss in this episode. Yeah. So I'm, I'm really keen to get into it. However, I will, maybe if we've got time, I will go into a couple of things and I will put out a, a call to action to you folks uh, listening at home. Now, if you guys have some Halloween kind of spooky stories that you want to share, not necessarily like, you know, fan fiction or whatever you've written, although that would be kind of cool, maybe at some point. Um, if you if you have like some stuff about Minecraft that you you like that is very kind of spooky themed, if you if you've been decorating your town or wh whatever you built in Minecraft for Halloween, if you've been throwing jack o' lanterns everywhere and stuff, write into the show and let us know because maybe we could do kind of a a post mortem on Halloween and do this next week nice. instead of <laughs> instead of doing it this week, which kind of ruins the whole fact that it's episode thirteen as well. But uh, you know, I figured that was. Uh, it was going to be fun to, to do something like that around this time of year. So if it happens this week, if it happens next week, I'm sure we'll figure something out. So we were talking a little bit in the pre-show, which uh, patrons can listen to, um, about your experiences with Halcon this weekend, which I presume means you haven't really been up to much in Minecraft this week. You've kind of been super busy preparing for that, right? Yeah, exactly. So I dropped in to to check out the snapshot uh, and update a few things. And then I realized that, of course, that they had the new textures. And I went to say, oh, I'll just go check those out. That will be my kind of contribution, mm -hmm. my research. And then quickly realized that I have my game set up very specifically right now in the way that I like it. <laughs> and even in the snapshot, all of my texture packs are still layered in the way that I want them. Yeah. So yeah. I was like, okay. Uh, I'm going to just not change this right now. Uh, so what I ended up doing was uh, I did mess around a little bit, just kind of like look at the stairs and slabs and things like that, the shapes and see what blocks had what. Mm -hmm. uh, but uh, I didn't have time to play and explore any kind of like um, 
pillagers or pillager beasts or anything like that. Uh, but I did watch some videos of other people that had jumped into the snapshot, um, mostly some hermits cool. that had just uh, decided to go and do that. So I, I have some information that way. Uh, but yeah, no, Halcon was was kind of like the the big um, the the big beast that that ruled my weekend. I'm surprised I didn't see very much Minecraft related stuff at Halcon, and normally you do. Normally there's like a kid walking around in a creeper costume, mm, or like something. Yeah. But I I didn't see anything. I think part of it might be the fact that Halcon just lands so close to Halloween. And so a lot of the the costumes were either traditional sci-fi com you know convention stuff with like superheroes and stuff like that, or it was more Halloweeny horror stuff where the older crowd was dressed as like you know vampires or you know weird characters from cult horror films and things like that. So mm -hmm. there wasn't a lot of like happy shiny Minecraft stuff going on. Sure, yeah. Uh, so I, but I, I I feel like on the surface I've. I've learned enough about the snapshot to be really excited to dive into it this yeah, week. At, at least, at least I'm, I'm not going to leave you behind is what we're getting out of this. At least you no. know, you're, you're going to know vaguely what I'm talking about most of the oh, time. Oh, yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Good. yeah, yeah. The, I've, I've seen things in videos or I've, or I've spent quite a, you know, a little bit of time researching them in terms of just the articles and stuff that have been out there. Good, good. Yeah, that was my worry because I was writing out all of the show notes and I was like, what if Joel doesn't know what any of this is? But yeah, of course, we've, yeah, we've no, seen stuff from, from Minecon as well and a lot of the stuff in the snapshot has been from Minecon. Uh, so yeah, it's it's good right. to good to know that, that that stuff is at least, you know, spinning around in, in your head and and we can, we can get into it. So uh, this week, I have not really been doing a huge amount. I feel like whenever a snapshot comes out, I get that kind of... Or, or, or whenever, like with um, the update Aquatic, um, I feel like interest in the current version of Minecraft just starts to tail off a little bit because there's something new and exciting on the horizon and people tend to slow down their activity in the current version of Minecraft because we're all looking to the future. At least in the Minecraft circles I run in, sort of whenever I'm watching people putting out videos, suddenly like the stuff they're doing on their SMP maybe gets cut in half because they're also making videos from the snapshot and trying to keep each version straight yeah. in their head. Um, yeah. So I've not been making a great deal of Minecraft content. Uh, I put out a couple of build battle videos with my friend Chosen Architect, whose uh, wife is having a kid right about now. Uh, so he was like, can we just make some easy videos? Because I need to get like three episodes of things knocked out in like a couple of hours. Uh, so I went back on the Hypixel server and played some build battle, which was uh, <laughs> an experience. I, I haven't played on public servers much for a while, and they get way too hectic for me now. I feel like I'm, I kind of I dive in and out of them occasionally, and then I'm just like, yeah, there's a reason I stay away from this stuff. It's just full of very kind of like people spamming in the chat, and um, mm. a lot of the stuff when when you get into build battle like i love competitive building and speed building and stuff i've done bits and pieces of that in the past but i would love to do that against a group of people who i know and who are actually going to put some effort in and mm -hmm. who who are actually kind of no, known to be decent builders and who I, i'm, I'm going to feel like a bit of a challenge because we did a few rounds of build battle and there were some people who had clearly just either like phoned it in or maybe they were younger and they didn't quite know what to build. The theme wasn't quite what they wanted. And then there's the people who just decide to build something obscene for five minutes. And so when it gets to the judging right. round, I have to blur it all out in my video, <laughs> you know? Right. So yeah, yeah I, uh, I did a little bit of that. I did a little bit of uh, stuff in my survival guide series. I've been trying super hard not to rush the end game in survival guide. I'm, I'm trying not to like go and find the end dragon in episode three, uh, mm -hmm. But I think it's getting that way now. I think people in the comments are starting to go like, you know, are you going to go to the end now? Like, we want to hear some stuff about that. And like, once Endgame 
opens up the rest of the game, then we can really get into the meat of what I feel like survival gameplay is in Minecraft. So right, yeah, I'm 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 balancing that right now, but I think I'm probably going to go and find a stronghold at some point this week. But uh, <laughs> aside from that, yes, I've been messing with the snapshots. So. Without further ado, let's get into it. We had Snapshot 18W43A this week, and it has now progressed to 18W43C because there were various bug fixes and things like that that they wanted to apply just to make the Snapshot experience a little bit more accessible to people who were getting jittery issues, performance issues, and stuff like that. So, as I said before, a lot of this is stuff that we already know about from Minecon, but I don't know about you, but I was quite excited to find that there was some stuff that we hadn't heard about from Minecon at all. Yeah, quite a bit, actually. Yeah, and uh, so we have pillagers and illager beasts are there. Um, they only appear as spawn eggs, I think, right now. They don't naturally spawn in the world. Um, yeah, the AI isn't finished. I either saw that on Twitter or on Minecraft.net, but they were just yeah. like, they're they're in there, but it's still very early. And the <laughs> having spawned in a few pillagers, you can kind of tell that because they're... Their AI right now takes them right up close to their targets when they attack. So I, I spawned a bunch of pillagers around an iron golem, and the iron golem just like wiped the floor with them because they all run straight up to it. And I'm like, guys, you're you're ranged attackers. You've got crossbows. You know, I'm almost like yeah. trying to coach them through this and be like, no, stand at a distance and spawning them yeah. further away. But I, I feel like they should at the, at the very least have the kind of AI that skeletons do, where they'll try and get away from you so they can fire on you from a distance. But right, yeah, I guess whatever sort of template AI they had probably conforms closer to what you get with a zombie or something like that uh but even so it's cool to see them in the game it's cool to have crossbows to play around with it's cool to fight an illager beast in fact i actually did what we've been talking about since the uh the the minecon announcements about everything i i had an iron golem fight an illager beast and made a video about that and um iron golem again wins pretty emphatically in a 1v1 fight but mostly because the way iron golems attack they kind of like throw you into the air right and it just throws the illager beast into the air and it can't fight back so it probably gets in like two attacks for every one that the 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 beast can land but uh i think yeah. if you put a ceiling over the top of it <laughs> it'd probably be a lot a lot more of a fair fight right because the beast would take fall damage from the throw right yes yeah that's the, it, that's the idea and yeah. iron golems still hit hard but against an unarmored player um, a, a pillager beast does, I think, six hearts of damage. So they are not a two, joke. Two hits, you're done. Basically, yeah. yeah, yeah. And and even against, like, you know, full diamond armor and stuff, then they're probably going to take you down in three or four. Yeah. Um, not to mention you're never going to be taking on just a pillager beast, yes. right? There's going to be him plus whatever pillagers are with him. Not to mention the fact that this is probably at night, so there'll be other mobs around, and yeah, you're going to yeah. need to pillar up and <laughs> attack it from a distance um right. the the strategy for fighting an illager beast is something that has has done the rounds a little bit um they can actually be stunned if you block with a shield like you take no damage if you block with a shield that's kind of across the board for mobs generally that's cool. yeah um but yeah like after they ram you a couple of times they actually get kind of dizzy and some particles come off of them so you can get in close and attack but within a couple of seconds they sort of recover and they, they let out this sort of blast of steam from their mouth, and that throws you backwards. It doesn't do as much damage, but it actually flings you a certain distance right. away, and then they charge you again. Right. So, so there might be That's a bit like a of a... like a bullfight. Yeah, exactly. There, there might be a bit of a rhythm to attacking them that way. Um, mm, but yeah, cool. it is, it is going to be very much about evasion, dodging, and then maybe taking them down from range if you have a ranged weapon of your own. 
Um, yeah. But yeah, they're they're fun. I like them a lot. That's so good far. to know because early game, like if you, because if you find a village early game and you want to try and grab some villagers for trading or something later, like if if you decide to stick around, you're gonna have to deal with these these. Uh, I keep on calling them villagers. These pillagers and the pillager beast before you have diamond armor and crazy swords and like so you're gonna have to establish a good way to attack it sounds like getting up on the roof of one of the village houses might be one way to try and try and deal with them i expect so yeah and i i'm it's yet to be seen if they can break down anyone's sort of walls and stuff like that that we we saw them trampling crops in the preview video that they showed at minecon so i wonder if maybe Mm. that's going to be functionality they can add where if you've built a big defensive wall around a village maybe they're going to find a way through that by ramming it and they could always just break the blocks as though they'd mined them but then there's not much else that can mine in minecraft and i wonder if that might be an exploitable mechanic sort of if you if you put a villager in a mine cart and then have the beast try and mine its way towards it you could almost do like an automated mining thing that way (laughs) that would be well that would be kind of cool actually like not it's not going to be something that you could exploit to really get a lot of mining done but mm-hmm. it'd be kind of just a fun it almost be like a fun challenge because you've got to get the villager you've got to set it up you've got to somehow capture or move a you know an villager beast mm-hmm. uh, or villager beast like it uh, it's yeah what are they called again i mean they're villager, just they're just called beast. illager beast for now which is weird oh, because it, they go with pillagers and yeah there's there's, uh, okay. <laughs> there's a, so that's why i'm confused because illager beast is actually what they're being referred yeah, to that, that's what the spawn egg is yeah. called in the game right now and they're still searching for the right sort of name i think jeb has got a yeah. few suggestions that he's been throwing around there but nothing yeah. is quite Maybe they'll land on yet. something i mean phantoms is a is a, that we talked about last week that's an excellent name you know i mean mm-hmm. it's it's minecrafty and it suits the the mob and i'm sure they'll come up with with something i can i almost want them to give it almost like a like a a, a dip, like a a name that counter counteracts its its intentions like something very pretty like rose you know <laughs> <laughs> yeah like, yeah the, you know, like the rose beast yeah you know but- again maybe like maybe to kind of like because iron golems have roses you could almost have like you could call the beast like the thorn beast or something like something that would yeah I'd- almost be like a versus versus the iron golem sort of I, sort of I quite like that. Yeah, yeah. It's got got a, a yeah. duality to it. That's mm-hmm. nice. A, di- a dichotomy. Yeah. Cool. They do sort of look the same too, in terms of just like just like the straight eyebrow and the nose and yeah, like without that, the horns. That that that. But they've got village that, aesthetic. <laughs> yeah, the vill- the villager um, honk is what I like to call the <laughs> yeah the, the, the big, look. big old nose. Yeah. 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 So um, outside of that, the other features we saw at uh, Minecon, which were bamboo and pandas, which are in the game now. I was actually quite surprised by that because I thought they were features that were going to be reserved for the Bedrock beta. But um, bamboo and pandas have been added to Java snapshots as well. Uh, You can't use the bamboo to make scaffold yet. I think that's something else that they're still working on the functionality of in Java and maybe working in some feedback that they got about them from uh, Bedrock because... There's some right. weird stuff where like a lot of the time you'll instinctively crouch when you're walking around on stuff you're using as scaffold because you're And that sends you down And the... that sends you down through them. Yeah. So so yeah. it's it's a little bit difficult to kind of place blocks on the side of scaffold and so forth. So yeah, yeah. May, maybe they're taking that into account and reworking the functionality before they add them to the Java snapshots. Um yeah. but once they do How do you feel how do you feel about like rather than going up and down and using shift like a ladder in scaffolding? How would you feel about like positioning yourself so you're in the scaffolding and then using the space bar to go up and down? 
I think that's how it works. You kind of jump up oh, through it? them. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I, I've not had the opportunity, so I because I, I don't have access to bedrock, so you, I don't really know. You, you can walk um, sort of through them and then you stand in them and then it's space bar to go up and shift to go uh, down. But then shift to go down. But then but, yeah. But, but, yeah, it's it's the shift that's the shift down is the problem. It's mm-hmm. almost like you have to it's almost like you'd want to do something else. Yeah, but I don't know what as well. That's the the, mm. the, the big problem with it right now. Um, so yeah, we've yet to see those, but um, yeah, bamboo can be found in jungles and appears infrequently in jungles, even if you don't find the bamboo jungle biome where it appears like oh, in okay. huge amounts. So I, I walked through a jungle and, oh God, the frame rate, <laughs> the frame rate was terrible. <laughs> but it's, it's snapshot performance and jungles are known yeah. for being a little laggy in the first place, but yeah, you get single shoots of bamboo popping up everywhere. And as we know, you can bone meal it. So it's nice and easy to farm. If you can just find one of these things, you can take yeah, it home. Yeah, just get and... a hand, handful and you can create a farm. I yes. did watch uh, one of Mumbo's, Jumbo's videos about making a, a bamboo farm. Because bamboo, you can craft two bamboo into a stick. But bamboo itself can just be fired right into a furnace. Yes. Unlike kelp, you don't have to turn it into a block first. Yes, you can take you can take the bamboo and just go straight into a furnace. Because so that changes a lot. It's it's similar to how people when they find a lot of witch huts, they used to use the sticks from the witch farms that they would make. They would yeah. use that to power their furnaces. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I feel like um, I feel like having bamboo to do that would be good. I, I almost wish that kelp did both like you could craft a kelp block and a kelp block would give you more furnace power or if you wanted to just funnel the um, dried kelp straight into a furnace it would not be as efficient like it would it would take a lot more dried kelp like nine you know to do the same work yeah uh, as or even more than nine like make punish the player not punish the player but make it make it less efficient for not putting in as much effort you know uh with with dried kelp and therefore like you'd want to craft it but if you don't have to or you don't want to then you can or if you have enough kelp then you could just go to the other way i feel like as soon as bamboo is available in the game uh people are going to be using it to power furnaces because why wouldn't you mm-hmm. yeah it's it's definitely going to remove that crafting step from the current like meta of furnaces and and with yeah. with such a an easily renewable and easily harvestable source of fuel then yeah it's going to yeah. It's going to be another game changer. And it, it's amazing that st- something as simple as, you know, fueling a furnace can go through so many changes with the new stuff that they're adding. It's it's really quite mm-hmm. cool. Um, so that's most of the uh, stuff we saw from Minecon out of the way. Um, we have stairs, slabs, and walls, which we've talked about ad nauseum. Uh, but now we know what the materials are. So let's get into that a right. little bit. Like, how do you feel yeah. about the materials they've chosen to add some of the new stairs and slabs in? Well, some of them we were spot on with, like we anticipated uh, red nether brick. Uh, we spitballed, I think, about whether we didn't know whether they would do mossy cobble stone slabs, yeah. walls. I, et I wasn't. I wasn't sure if they was, and and to be honest, I didn't see if they were going to really add a whole bunch. But I did a little bit of building with them on stream, and I was pleasantly surprised at how much variety you can now put into like a stone staircase if you add in yep. mossy stone brick and andesite like polished andesite stairs go in there now it's going to make mm-hmm. building like ruined castle structures and stuff like that just that little bit more customizable and yeah i feel like in terms of the depth you can get out of building that's actually a really good addition more so than i would have called beforehand at least yeah, as someone that just finished streaming a couple of weeks ago about building a stone path uh, up to my my inner bridge and was dealing with that, was dealing with like putting cobble here and gravel there and 
brick stone, you know, stone brick stairs here and cobblestones there. Cobblestone uh, stairs and and stone brick stairs were the only variants of stairs that you had. So mm-hmm. it's going to be really nice to have all those things. There's also smooth stone stairs. It's going to help with landscaping. So there's some things that I, I, I'm definitely happy to see and some things that we knew. that they We hadn't seen the smooth stone stairs. They told us they were coming, but they didn't say... Like they didn't show us anything ahead of the snapshot. And so those kind of things I, I thought were great. I'm a little perplexed on a couple of things. Uh, some of it is going to be my just personal opinion and build preference. I don't build with red sandstone. I don't build with really regular prismarine that much. Mm-hmm. So when they're saying, we've got 14 new sets of stairs and slabs, etc., coming, and they add smooth red sandstone stairs and walls, they add and stone brick walls and stairs which i don't know if anybody uses that uh <laughs> prismarine walls never going to use them red sandstone walls also very unlikely because it's red sandstone and it's got and it's got nothing to do with the fact that they've got all these cool textures so the red sandstone itself in terms of in terms of having another kind of sandstone and all the different textures it's fine it's the color of it that i don't find really works well with anything outside of maybe acacia wood sure yeah uh so it's one of those things where like it just i don't seem to build with it very much so i don't i don't get excited about that kind of thing uh i was surprised that we did not get fences in red nether brick yeah because we already have the fences in the nether brick yeah, after, uh, after our chat about that last week as well, just yeah. thinking maybe yeah. that's, that's possibly just them still trying to work out how the materials in the nether are going to behave because yeah, they've, exactly. they've clearly nailed it down for like what the overworld is supposed to be doing. But again, yeah. if, if people are ask, have been asking for a nether update, maybe that's the kind of stuff that they're going to hold off until they overhaul Could the be. nether, maybe change the look of nether fortresses even because they want to make changes to yeah. nether brick and bring it in line with all these other materials. But I feel like for them to, I, I, again, I feel like they've been saying just how easy it's been. They say like, hey, look, we've done all this in this short period of time. Bam, bam, <laughs> yeah. bam. Here's like six new walls and six new stairs. And I feel like, well, how do you have end stone higher on that priority list than quartz? Yeah. Like a quartz yeah, yeah. wall, I would want a lot sooner <laughs> yeah. than end stone bricks. So, because again, the end stone bricks, the color of them is just so, it doesn't match anything. Like yeah. unless you're building in the end, there's no real reason to have endstone bricks. Only because endstone bricks look good next to endstone, but that's it. That's the only thing that they really look good next to. They do feel like a so bit I, of an outlier in that whole group. Yeah, don't they? I feel like, and in terms of like the colors and things, I feel like they could do if they're gonna make these make more changes and stuff. I feel like they have a little bit of work to do to bring some of these, uh, we'll say, color harmonies together. Like, forget about what it looks like on its own. Uh, think about the multi- multiple purposes of it and what it looks like with other blocks. Similar to how, like, you know, you use different kinds of wood to get different kinds of textures when you're building in the overworld. It would be nice if they took sand, red sandstone and maybe brought it closer to sand so you could use both of them together and have it not be like a harsh, you know, change from, mm-hmm. from one to the other. Um, as far as the other blocks, I mean, like, the loom looks really cool. You, yes, you'd mentioned. Uh, did we mention that yet? I don't know. If uh, it's we, in the notes. I'm we not did, sure we, we didn't know. I, I've I've been kind of yeah. do, dotting around the notes and kind of going, what do we already know about, and what is brand new for this, and kind of sa- yeah. saving the looms almost like Mojang did as, as kind of a surprise. So yeah, looms it was very cool to see. They look beautiful. It's one of my favorite new additions to this, just on the basis of the texture alone. 
because functionally looms are a new way to decorate banners that provides a GUI for you to view all of the banner shapes and stuff. I think this may even have been a bit, better. Of, a bit of a reaction to the fact that a lot of banner creating websites and stuff have popped up because it's not that easy yeah. to design a banner just in no. the game. And then um, a lot of those have eventually become sort of infected with malware and things. And so maybe it doesn't look too great for them to be, you know, to, to, to have these rely on these external tools in order to design something like that. So they've got a way to design it in game. Now it's a little bit safer for people who don't know what they're doing tech wise. Um, yeah. But uh, it displays a bunch of craftable patterns. It changes the way uh, the patterns are you know, what, what materials are required for the pattern. You only need one die to do a stripe of color where previously you needed three. Uh, so it's right. brought it down to less resource-intensive process. You don't even need to use bricks, uh, a brick block in order to get the brick pattern on a banner now. There are four designs that you need to craft beforehand, but they are craftable patterns for, I think, the Oxide Daisy, the Wither Skull, the Creeper Head, and the Golden Apple uh, the Mojang logo and mm -hmm. uh, they actually kind of come like you put one of those together with a piece of paper and it turns into a pattern item that you can add to the to the banner when you're crafting it in a loom so so there's actually kind of like a a template and then you get the item back from that I think uh, yes you so, do you get you get the you get the pattern back after you craft the banner because the enchanted golden apples are so few and far between that it seems like a complete waste to be like, well, I now want to use that in a banner design, but then I can only do that once. Uh, so, mm -hmm. so having that be a pattern now is 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 a really good step forward. And as I was saying, the loom block itself is really nice. It doesn't look like any of the technology that currently exists in Minecraft, which I think is one of the things that's so fascinating about it. It, it almost looks like a kind of printing press from you know the 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 turn of the sort of turn of the century industrial revolution style technology mm -hmm. um it's got this kind of bronze almost looking case there's no crafting recipe for the loom yet as far as i know which re remains kind of interesting to me i don't know what they're going to make it out of that it there turns is out i don't recall i don't recall it off the top of my head but if you go and watch cub fans snapshot videos you will see him craft one right okay so th so there is a Pretty recipe sure. for it now i, I was looking it's, through the recipe book in game when i first loaded up yeah. the snapshot but i think that might have been 43a and maybe they added a recipe for it in one of the the latest i think snapshots. he i think he made it I, I i only watched his video through once and it was like last friday or something like that but mm -hmm. uh it, it essentially if i recall it's got uh wood string sticks and maybe some iron maybe okay yeah you expect metal uh, to be part of it somewhere at least part of it yeah somehow yeah 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 uh or or it maybe has trip hooks i can't remember exactly what it is i get confused because there's a, a couple of new things uh because the trip hooks are part of the crossbow recipe yes. yeah right? you need nine yeah. ingots and a tripwire hook for the crossbow yeah exactly so I, one thing that i like about it uh is like you said the way that it looks because it also looks like an air vent or mm -hmm. a radiator so you could put it in your house build as like a heat source or part of you could put it in the wall you know and have it look like part of the the decor or have it look like a functioning appliance the, in the house the side but texture then also, of it looks kind of like kitchen cupboards as well like it's got drawers in it not, yeah. not like in a functional way at all but in a, a yeah. kind of visual way definitely 
so if it's directional, like you can place it with one of those sides facing a certain way. It is, yeah. Uh, that kind of stuff. If you can, I don't, I didn't see, it was, any of the videos that I saw was mostly about the functionality of the block. Mm -hmm. I did not see if it puts out redstone output. I did not see I, if it's movable by I pistons. Tried, like I tried I the, uh, the redstone thing. It does not. And the thing about it is that if you put any banners or dyes or anything into it, those get spat back out into your inventory when you're done inventory, using it. Okay. So it doesn't right, currently so. have any, like, it doesn't interface with right. hoppers. It doesn't put out a comparator signal if there's something in it or if you make something right. in it, which is a shame for me. And I would really like to see them do something like that. But I can understand the problem there because player interaction is necessary for you to choose a pattern for the loom anyway yeah. so it's either a case of like you know you would funnel banners into it and then maybe set it to do one specific pattern and then it could output through hoppers but then that yeah. that becomes a very complex operation so i can understand the yeah. wanting to keep it simple keeping it player interactive yeah it would be kind of cool if you could power something redstone related with it and maybe that's functionality they'll add in future but as yeah. of right now it doesn't if it's movable, it'd be cool because it, it, you know, if you get like two of them stacked on top of each other or four of them next to each other, it would make a really cool door. Like if it was a oh, piston yeah. door, like you could, it would, it would just add another kind of cool look that you could that you could put into certain things. I am um, pretty sure like it's movable like as well. Yeah, I think it is movable. Yeah, yeah. So like that, that, that it, it, like like they've said before, when they add something new, they try to have it have more than one use. So this has a function, but it also has a fashion to it, which I think is really good. Yeah, yeah. And and moving on from that. Um, kind of related the uh new flowers have been added to the game and the die system has been slightly overhauled so we are used to various materials and stuff breaking down into dies but there are several materials which are both functional items uh used for other things and dies for materials as well so think of white dye is, is bone meal right now blue mm -hmm. dye is always lapis lazuli and black dye is always ink sacs from squid these three are now separate from bone meal, lapis, and ink. You, you, you can craft bone meal into white dye, but then you can no longer use it as bone meal. Uh, you can craft lapis into blue dye, same way. Uh, and there are corresponding flowers that can now be found throughout the game. Lily of the Valley and Cornflower are the white and blue ones, which are found in the wild. And mm -hmm. I think Cornflowers can be found in plains. Lily of the Valley can be found in forests. Um... And then there are these black flowers now called wither roses, which are very interesting. This is <laughs> this is kind of going into the territory I've seen people use flowers in uh, modded. So there, there are in some mod packs there are uh, flowers in the Nether that will set you on fire, for example, or there are mushrooms that grow in certain forests that if you walk over them they give you a nausea effect because they've released spores. Wither right. roses, uh, when planted, you if you walk over them, you get a brief wither debuff. <laughs> so it's as though a, a wither skeleton has attacked you, except, you know, no melee damage, but definitely wither status for a few seconds. They are the only flower as of right now that can be planted on blocks in the nether. So they can be planted on netherrack and soul sand, which makes for some very interesting nether decoration as long as you're not walking through that area at the time. Mm -hmm. And they can only be obtained when the wither kills a mob. So the Wither is now a serial killer who's leaving roses at the scene of the crime. <laughs> it's, it's weird. Like, I, I have no idea how often you're going to be able to acquire these in a reasonable way. Yeah. Because it does require unleashing a Wither on an area with a lot of mobs if you want to turn this into an effective farm. So if you're maybe the type of person who can make a Wither cage mechanism, which I've seen done before... And yeah. it could be possible if you trap a wither in bedrock on the roof of the nether and then maybe just like 
funnel mobs in from the overworld through a nether portal or something, or even have a wither near a gold farm and just have it fireballing zombie pigmen. But yeah. it's it's not going to be a replacement for squid farms. It, it's interesting to me that they've given us another source of black dye, but made it almost equally, if not more difficult to obtain than ink sacks, because I feel like otherwise ink sacks would have no purpose other than written books. So I think maybe they've decided, well, we need to balance out that side of things so that the current sort of squid farm, you know, ink farm sort of stuff is still valid and not just give people I, a much easier yeah. source of black dye, you know? I th I think the real rarity of the wither rose is the wither effect. And uh, I think what I've seen is the possibility of it being used, planted on soul sand to farm mobs. So you get a small catchment area of like a four by four or a three by three of soul sand. And if you happen to be able to get yourself uh, nine wither roses, then when the mobs land on the soul sand, then they end up taking damage and dying. Yes, because mobs and get affected by the wither status as well, which is kind of the first time that's really happened because yeah, wither exactly. skeletons don't attack other mobs. Exactly, yeah. So so I, I think the... the I think the idea of making it so rare has to do more with its wither effect than the fact that it is something that um, that gives off a, like a, a black dye, uh, or the fact that it's just it's a black flower. Those don't really exist, so yeah, it yeah. just makes it kind of rare and special. I I think it's neat. Like I I I like the idea of overhauling the dye system because they're not changing everything or how everything works. Oh, they're yeah. just making some stuff make a little bit more sense. One thing that I don't recall: if you take lapis and you put it into and you change it now into blue dye do you get two blue dye for one lapis I, or is it one for one i haven't tried that i think it's one for one i'm pretty sure bone meal is still one for one uh but yeah well, bone meal your yeah, bone meal was the was the version of the white dye but now you have bone meal and then you have white dye which is a separate thing yeah yeah uh, and i think that's a one for one trade so you because you... the, re the reason I ask is because the dyes the things that use blue like cyan purple etc mm -hmm. always relied on lapis and so it was always one of those more precious colors in the game that you didn't use a lot of because you don't normally have a lot of lapis and if yeah. you do you don't want to use all of it in dyes because then you're stuck and you can't enchant anything so they did they add a blue flower yes yeah they have corn flowers now corn flowers yeah. is the blue flower okay i wasn't sure i thought the corn flower was white for some stupid reason <laughs> yeah um, the, the the lily of the valley is a white one the corn flower is the blue one so you, oh, okay. you, you do now have an organic farmable source of that and you can save all of, of your lapis flower. yes and you can save all of your right. lapis for enchanting and the, the the usual kind of stuff you can turn it into lapis nice blocks okay and that's good that that's good that's a good change again because it just it it takes some of the the rarity out of stuff that had no reason to be rare. Yes. Like, you know, lapis should be rare. Yes. Blue dyed. I don't know why that would be a rare thing. You know, like that, that to me doesn't, doesn't make any sense. And um, could potentially open up uh, an avenue for maybe another village or occupation to be like a dye trader or something like that in future. Dye or, trader yeah. or, um, florist. Not seem, yeah, florist or what's the, I can't remember the, the old world term for someone that makes like tapestries and, you know, like like a weaver of kind of thing, maybe. Like a weaver yeah. or you could have, you know, a textiles or something where that particular villager, like everything that they trade could have something to do with, you know, flowers, dyes, materials, you know, wool, etc. And maybe the loom uh, as well. 
Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah, exactly. Like you, you get so many emeralds and you can just get a loom block as opposed to having to craft it yourself. Yeah. That sort of thing. Yeah. Before we move on from the new dyes and flowers, one of the <laughs> the unexpected features of this snapshot is that flowers can now be added to mushroom stew to basically turn it into a kind of potion. There's this new item called Suspicious Stew, which imbues a brief status effect on the player. And they can be either good or bad, depending on which flower you've added. But the fun thing about this is that the icon, the sprite for the suspicious stew item, is always the same. So if you've crafted it, you know what's in there, and you know which status effect you're going to get. Whereas if you give it to another player, you can tell them it's, you know, whatever status effect if you want, or they can take a gamble. And I think it's going to be really interesting for shops and things like that because there are two effects i think if you put in a wither rose or a lily of the valley you get the wither effect or a poison effect from eating the stew so this is is kind of like it and it's a five second or so effect so it's not like as potent as a potion is no and not necessarily even as 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 bad as some of the wither effect or poison that you get from cave spiders probably wouldn't last as long no, so I don't know the point. Like I don't, I don't understand why this is going to sound like, like I don't want to be like a naysayer, but I don't wa- know why they put the effort into putting this into the game. But can you explain to me why this is? I feel important? like in in a it's not it's not important so much as it is a a fun feature. I think there's it's adding new uh, food types into the game. It's adding a way for you to get brief amounts of status buffs before you ever get potions. And that aspect right. of it is interesting to me. The fact that you could so potentially it, have like five seconds of fire resistance to get you out of lava if you've fallen into it in the overworld before you even get to the nether and acquire magma cream and things like that. Right. And it's also right. got tremendous potential for hijinks on multiplayer servers. If you kind of, you can open up a shop that has a bunch of suspicious stew for sale and say, you know, you know, ch- chuck a couple of iron in my direction and take a gamble on whatever kind of food you want to eat. And, you know, potentially, you know, it, it, it can it can lead to fun interactions between players that way. And I think that's right. that's another thing they want to promote a little bit with some of the features they add to the game is just adding in ways for players to prank each other in a relatively harmless way. You're going to get poisoned right. for a couple of seconds. Somebody's going to have a laugh and then they're going to be like, okay, well, I need to go and eat some proper food now. But it's just something yeah. fun. And it doesn't seem like it's been a huge amount of effort for them to add into the game, especially now that all of the crafting recipes and stuff seem to be data-driven now. So it's not a whole heap of coding to add something like this in. Right. It, it, feel, it feels like just a, a fun feature for people. You know, feed your friends some suspicious stew and see what happens. I can see it from an education standpoint in early game saying like prepping you for learning the different effects that will be available uh, longer term later in potions, you know, Mm -hmm. like knowing what a fire resistance potion or sorry, what a fire resistance, uh, what was it called? Something stew? Suspicious Uh, suspicious stew. stew, Yeah. Yeah. Learning what a fire resistance suspicious stew does early game means that when you find a fire resistance potion or the ability to craft one later you know what it does it just does it longer and therefore you'd be like oh that was really handy when it was available for five seconds but it's even handier now that it's available for eight minutes Mm -hmm. uh i I can see that Uh, i did read uh in one of the articles i think it was um the java team talking about 1.14 specifically and lily of the valley is in real life a poisonous flower yeah and one of the things that they wanted to do was add a way to show 
players that it is a poisonous flower. So the effect of the uh, Lily of the Valley in Suspicious Stew is, of course, negative. It, yeah. I think it's poison. Mm -hmm. um, and so that's a way to communicate to players like, hey, just because it's in Minecraft doesn't mean it's a safe thing. So if you do find Lily of the Valley, uh, don't do anything with it because mm -hmm. it's a poisonous flower. So I can, and I can see that kind of aspect to it. Uh, I, I'm also guilty of someone that like, I make a chicken farm the first time I, you know, first couple yeah, yeah. hours I play the game and then I never look back. Like I don't, I don't really make any of the other foods available in the game because they don't seem to have any real rewards for the amount of effort that goes into them yeah for sure but uh, I, I think and that could just be me aging out like that just could be me just like all right well at, at my age and my play style that's just not something that interests yeah, me in the you, game you've got your own priorities you're like i want enough food to sustain me so i can go and build something cool rather than you know yeah. i want to run around collecting mushrooms all day because of rp yeah totally yeah so it's, yeah. it's catering a little bit to different play styles, quite literally catering, I suppose. Yeah. Uh, and yeah, so I, th I think it's it's going to be fun to see what people do with that. It's just going to be a, a neat little added feature and maybe make use of some of the recipes that are lesser used. Like, I don't really know if anybody really crafts mushroom stew at all anymore. Like, if mm -hmm. you have mushrooms around and you can just grab a bowl from them occasionally, that's great. But I think maybe it's encouraging them to diversify the kind of stuff they make in Minecraft just because of the sheer range of stuff that's available beyond just getting yeah. the advancement for eating all the foods in the game. I wonder if that will now include all 12 types of suspicious stew and all of the negative status effects they inflict on you. Well, I would hope it would because then it would it would encourage you to learn more about them and you know get that achievement. You'd have to learn how to make all that stuff and mm -hmm. then you'd find out what the effects were and stuff. I think that's a good idea. Um, one thing that I, I'd like to touch on before we move on from, from talking about the snapshot is the fact that the newer versions of the textures yes. are, are in the game. I've, I've saved this been... kind of for last because I knew we yeah. were going to really get into it on this one. Uh, I, cause I, I've seen some videos, I've seen people come down on both sides. Uh, it's been pretty divisive online from mm -hmm. what I can tell. It has, um, yeah. there's some, there's some stuff that's pretty uniform. Like there's a lot of people that don't like sand, uh, but I'm curious because uh, of the conversations that we've had before and because you've had time to play in the snapshot with the dude textures, I've only watched people's videos. So having some time in the game with the new textures, what, what are your feelings on them? Uh, I am definitely one of the people who didn't like the the color specifically of the new sand. And he Jappa since released another picture of a revised uh, color scheme, I guess, for sand um, yeah, the new, the new texture of sand is a lot lighter and, and closer to what we had before uh, the version 3 textures in the snapshot because the version 3 textures had this kind of rosy, orangey-pink hue to it and he talked very, about wanting to, rosy, yeah. wanting to make the deserts feel warmer and everybody's counter-argument to that was, well, hey, I've built all of this stuff in sandstone and none of it looks like it goes with all of the other blocks now. Like, I was so yeah. used to kind of pairing sandstone with stuff like prismarine, which has a very cool texture, a very kind of cool color temperature to it. And that just wouldn't go with the new sand and sandstone color at all. And I was terrified, <laughs> frankly. Like, it's one of those things that yeah. I, I try not to let stuff like this kind of bum me out, but it really did for a little while. <laughs> and and it seems strange to admit, but yeah, I, I really didn't like the new sand. And having seen that it is now back to the lighter, kind of cooler yellow with a little bit of kind of more green-ish color, I guess, in yeah. it, um, it's, it's a lot nicer. And I really hope that that's the version they work with going forward. The texture, I think, is the problem people are saying the sand texture looks too smooth. It looks too much like the top texture of sandstone. Um, mm. 
That stuff I don't have as much of a problem with, but then I rarely build in deserts, so I'm not surrounded by a huge amount of sand. I tend to gather yeah. sand up and use it for other things. So that's yeah. so not I, affecting me in the same way. With specifically to sand, I watched a couple of other YouTube videos, one from Iskal85, the other one from Wells Knight. And they surprisingly, I was expecting Iskal to come down hard on sand. Mm -hmm. And he just didn't. He just he was like, It's a change. It's it's a change. Like he just mm -hmm. <laughs> he was very confused by the whole thing. It was yeah. it was actually quite an amusing video. Uh, but also very well articulated in terms of the other the other textures that he talked about. But because he was doing his video in a desert, like he did like a a you know test world in a in a found a desert biome, the thing that struck me the most about the desert, beyond the color, beyond the the rosy color of it, was that it's very obviously a repeatable texture. Yeah. Like it it looks like a grid and it it really just pulls you out of any kind of immersion of being in a desert and reminds you you're in a video game with yeah, blocks. Yeah, it, it doesn't tile like, particularly well, yeah. No, uh, neither do any of the other sandstone blocks, like the the cut sandstone and the sandstone stuff. Like they really kind of, for, for a texture move uh, previously in beta version 2, they were upping the contrast. They were giving things harder edges. So cobblestone had a more defined cracks, you know, yeah. uh, stone bricks had a better edge to them, etc. cetera. Uh, and then in, in sandstone, they did the reverse, like they kind of washed it out a bit and it looks, I don't mind the different shape to it. Like the, the sandstone pieces are larger, there's less cracks, but they also made it feel like it had less depth and it was, it just, it feels washed out and it feels overly pixelated and broken in a lot of places and it didn't seem to work. Um, but I noticed, uh, in the, the tweet from Jappa that you linked, uh, and we'll have a link in the show notes as well and that is that move back to, to sand i think the problem overall that i have when they change colors like this in in minecraft and that is the usually the outcry is that oh it doesn't look like sand in real life mm -hmm. and i think the problem is that when you're changing something in minecraft i don't think that minecraft should be mimicking even in color the things that are in real life oh yeah and it's kind of it's kind of a unique perspective that i can bring because uh, being a cartoonist whenever i do color stuff in in cartooning you don't necessarily want to use the exact color of something in real life because i've done that i've done like oh i don't know what color to make this well what color is this thing in real life and you go and you get a photo of it and technology allows you to bring that into photoshop and i drop the color you very quickly realize, wow, this is a really boring color in real life. And there's so much that affects what how color reads to your eye out in the world. And I think that with Minecraft being such a cartoony game, what you need to have is a color that represents the item. Yeah. So when you think sand, yes, sand across the planet can have all kinds of different colors. But when you think sand in the last Disney cartoon that you watched, you think beige. Mm -hmm. Like... It's not rose, it's not it's not pink, it's not too yellow, it's just neutral, beige. You know, it's like dirt is brown. Now, real dirt in real life has all kinds of different colors oh, in yeah, it, but yeah. in general, you want it to read as brown. And I think that's something that uh, when they change the colors in Minecraft, that when people are kind of comparing and, and or or complaining about it they tend to say well it doesn't look like this in real life well you don't i don't want it to look like this in real life i don't yeah. want it to look like real life sand i want it to look like minecraft sand and i think the issue that i had with the sand is that not only did it just not look like it, it didn't remind me of sand mm -hmm. it just looked like something else and I, i'm glad to see that they're taking it back uh the other way yeah uh in, in that image they actually do the same uh they make another change which i think illustrates my point is that the the 
cactus texture also changes in in Jappa's tweet. Mm-hmm. Uh, again, for the better. Like it, it's still a cartoony version of a cactus, but they've changed the the needles to be a lighter color as opposed to dark. They've changed uh, a little bit of the. They've changed the hue to be less of a a, a bright green to mm-hmm. be more of a. We'll say I, it's funny. I want to say cactus green, but it just it's more <laughs> of a it's it's a softer green. Like yeah. it's not as it's not as high on the spectrum. Slightly more washed and, out, and, kind of. Yeah, and I I had sent you a note about this earlier. It's a bit of a pet peeve of mine when people are talking about color and tone when they're talking about the new textures and i i feel like people throw things around a lot like red tones and blue tones and stuff like that and technically a bit of a nerd here but it's not that's not a thing Mm -hmm. uh you can have you can add or remove um i I should say add or remove you can change the tone of a color by adding black or white or both but you can't change red by adding yellow tone to it Mm -hmm. yeah you it that's not a thing you you can you can change the hue to be more yellow but if you're changing the tone tone specifically refers to light and dark black or white yeah and so a lot of times i feel like there's a lot of confusing language out there where people are talking about like well you've changed the red tone it's like no (laughs) (laughs) yeah it's 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 definitely a a misunderstanding of terminology i think yeah and it's easy to do when you have people oh it is very it is very easy people from the community are naturally want to have their say about these things and be critical of them and kind of debate these things back and forth but maybe they're not armed with the vocabulary that allows them to do that in a way that it's a little tricky yeah 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 for sure and and i i kind of had the same opinion with the realism of things and it's funny because jappa sort of tweeted earlier in the week that he wanted to see people taking a look at the original textures of minecraft and say let's take a look at grass and say does this really look like grass or do we only call that grass because you know it's in, it's because it's in the right context because you know that the world right. is made out of grassy plains and all of the green stuff around you surely that must be grass uh he mm-hmm. said you know does obsidian actually look like obsidian or is it just dots on a kind of black purplish canvas and i i said at the time i, I went on a bit of a twitter rant about this because i was feeling grumpy about sand uh, <laughs> and it is the problem i have with the kind of hd photorealistic texture packs because they look as close to real world grass as you can probably get but they are awful for immersion because, like you say, they tile. They look absurd stretched over meter-by-meter meter cubes. And the majority of the time, they are terrible to build with. You're just overwhelmed by the texture of a single cobblestone block. And yeah. it doesn't look like a real-world house because you're still building with these enormous cubes. Um, yeah. I, I would argue that Obsidian doesn't have to look like real-world Obsidian because it doesn't no. behave like real-world Obsidian either. I mean, people have pointed out ad nauseum that obsidian is brittle you know (laughs) it was it was sort of made into sharp implements and stuff because it was brittle and you can stab people with it 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 doesn't take an hour to mine with a diamond pickaxe for you to get obsidian (laughs) you know yeah yeah. The, the important thing to me as a player of the game is what blocks does it go with so that i can match those and put it into builds does it look you know does it look good for creating intimidating portals into hell uh, yeah. and the, the last thing on my mind is whether or not it looks like real world obsidian that's not the thing that's taking me out of the immersive nature of the no, game and, exactly. I, and I'm fine with exacting a balance you know if, if you can make it look a little bit more like real life obsidian so that people who are familiar with that kind of stuff can acknowledge yeah that looks quite like obsidian 
while also having it fit into the aesthetic niche that Obsidian has in terms of like the amount of purple that's in the block can pair well with other purple blocks. It looks really good surrounding a purple nether portal. Um, mm -hmm. and, and then that's great. But like, I worry that closely comparing Minecraft textures to real life is definitely the wrong approach. And yeah. stuff like Obsidian really has a niche in the block palette that really should be the focus. Like Minecraft has been around for almost 10 years at this point. Minecraft's own aesthetics are an established thing and they don't need to be compared with real life all the time. So I'm I'm 100% with you on that. I really think that the call for realism is sort of misplaced and ignores the legacy that Minecraft has already built. I don't want to sound like yeah. somebody who's kind of a hipster about this whole thing, but no, exactly. I, I really don't and think that should be the concern. No, and my and my reference is generally towards color. You know, like I I'm fine with having. You think about it. You think about it when you when you are coloring as a kid. Like you get a box of crayons, and there's maybe eight crayons in the box, right? Mm -hmm. You use the yellows for sand. You use the green for trees. Yeah. You use you know you might use a different green for a bush than you do for the grass, so that they're so that they look like they're separate. You know, uh, blue for sky. But it's like none of them are at, at all the the real world colors. Then you grow up a little bit and you get colored pencils and there's 16 or there's 32 different colors in the box. And then you're like, you might actually have a light brown that you can use for sand. Mm -hmm. And I and I think that's kind of where I'd like to draw the comparison is that you you want this stuff to evoke the idea of, you know, sand or gravel or stone or whatever. Um, and, and you want it to still be something that's usable in the game. And that's where I think that they've they've made some positive changes, like not to dwell on all the stuff that I think is, is you know, like this, the sand kind of took the the race, I think, as far as the, oh, heck no, mm -hmm. yeah. <laughs> please don't do this. Um, but then there's other, some positive changes. Like previously, I thought that the second version of Andesite was a little bit blue and it's, it, the texture is fine. It's, it's a change. It's neither good nor bad, in my opinion. I think it maybe matches cobblestone and some of the other things better but the color didn't, didn't allow you to really move it and and use it within other grays whereas this version three from what i've seen takes it back to more of a neutral gray mm -hmm. even the borders of the texture kind of mesh well with smooth stone yeah and, and it allows it to look like it's part of a mountain or part of a of a rock i saw it some people more... i saw some people even say that they were having difficulty telling the difference between andesite and gravel when they found it naturally in the world and in a, a way, bit. that's like not a great thing because you want to be able to distinguish what those blocks are for collecting them. But then when it comes exactly. to putting together the texture of a nice stone wall, if you want to include other blocks to texture in there, then that could be a very good thing. So it's yeah. <laughs> interesting seeing the yeah. usage cases here. Yeah, I agree. And I think that the, the the gravel has remained unchanged from what I can tell. It mm. still has a purple hue to it, which is unfortunate because it used to be just straight gray. Yeah. Um, and, and again, that just, it, it makes it stand out and look a little bit funny, um, when, when it's next to stone and smooth stone, and, you know, other things like that. And the smooth um, stone is still really not great. <laughs> uh, no, the, I, it's, it's yeah. one of those things where I don't think they really need to change smooth stone. Like Same. the, the, yeah. the, the gray, the gray stone that you see in the side of naturally formed mountains in minecraft i i think they can probably just leave that alone i mm -hmm. don't think there's anything wrong with it it's it yes it might be a little bit boring but i've got news for you smooth stone in real life is really not that interesting yeah you like it just it's it's fine it's it's okay to have a block that's just kind of um well very similar to the natural textures of terracotta in minecraft the colors change but the texture of it is just a very subtle very soft 
uh, uh, tonal change between some some lighter and darker pixels. That's it. It's really hard to see that it has any kind of texture at all. Yeah. I feel like upping the contrast on smooth stone, which I think we've talked about before, it it gives it a pattern. It's okay when you've got two or three blocks in front of you, but when you've got 45 blocks, you yeah. know, all stuck together in a big wall, it really has a funny pattern to it yeah. and it looks it looks odd I, tr um, I tried building a wall out of smooth stone and texturing it with the occasional stone brick like i would if i was building a castle wall and i just wanted to imply that there is a big wall of stone brick here but i didn't want the noise of all of the stone brick texture yeah and i'm just mm -hmm. swapping one noise for another now with this new yeah. stone smooth stone texture like you can see it from a distance it doesn't tend to kind of blur out as you get further away it's yeah just like it, it becomes the new noise in that and you're, you're distracted by it and that yeah. distraction shouldn't exist you should just look at it and go okay castle wall you shouldn't be like castle, castle wall. wall with all of these giant sort of streaky lines all over it yeah yeah, <laughs> for yeah, want yeah. Of a better why, why are there little dashes all over my castle yeah, wall exactly yeah I, in design in the world of, of of art and design there's there's a pretty broad broadly accepted rule which is the 70 30 rule so 70% of your design, say you're designing some character that has like armor and a sword and a shield and stuff like that. You want 70% of that design to be very easy to look at. Mm -hmm. You're going to put your details in the nooks and the crannies on the border of the shield, on the knee, on the ankle, on the shoulder pad. That's where all of your ornate stuff is going to go, mm -hmm. the interesting part of your design, which makes up about 30% of it. But the broad pieces, like the big part of the shield, the big part of the thigh, the big part of the chest, they're going to be, that's your 70%. And that's going to be essentially maybe one color with some reflection on it, but it's going to be very simple. And I think that's what you need to allow the player to have the ability to do in Minecraft is that you have to give them some fun texture blocks like, you know, stone bricks and cracked stone bricks and mossy cobbles and stairs, and that's all amazing. But then you also have to give them some neutral blocks like smooth sand, uh, sorry, smooth stone, uh, smooth sandstone is another one that's great. You mm -hmm. know, like, again, with the proper texture, but like the, the, the block itself, the ability to make a smooth quartz block, a smooth sandstone block etc that that does not have a lot of noise in it is great because it allow it gives the players the opportunity to fill those sections that 70 percent of of easy you know uh easy on the eyes uh in the game when when you don't have that then it's hard things get very noisy very very quickly uh i'm okay with a lot of the other changes that i've saw, seen oh you know, yeah like, Andesite stairs and uh, even granite seems to be better. Yeah, I, I feel a, I feel like little... we're, dwe we're dwelling on the negatives a little bit here as well. So yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I absolutely uh, love granite. I think the new granite looks spot on and I would mm -hmm. not change a thing about it. So I really hope they don't. Yeah. Um, Mossy cobble is another one that I feel like has changed for the better. I think it's, yep. it's slightly brighter and it's higher contrast, but that feels good. It feels as cartoony as it should be to have yep. like mossy stuff and when you when you come across a dungeon having it all over the floor and zombies spawning everywhere yeah. it feels right to me yeah i don't know why they made stairs and slabs out of regular diorite like i it's it's <laughs> it's not i mean i understand the diorite gets a lot of hate but it, the problem that i find is that i just don't know anybody that's going to build with it period it, i don't know what you can do to that texture to make me want to build a white you know, a really garbly looking white Speckled staircase. Wall, like, yeah, like yeah, making like it's it really out of TV odd. static. I do yeah, think it's, um, a, it's a little weird. I think the new natural stones 
having stairs and slabs is going to be dynamite for terraformers. People like my buddy Fwip or Good Times oh, with yes, Scar yeah. or anybody who's like yeah. really into their terraforming is going to have an absolute ball with that stuff. I've already seen so many people on the Reddit and places and on Twitter posting screenshots like, well, this is how I build a cave now. And it's superbly detailed and it looks, oh, and it, yeah. it doesn't overwhelm you with the detail because the texture all blends in. And now in the case of this smooth stone, it's kind of a distracting texture, but the yeah. idea of a cave is there and feels much more realistic to what a cave in real life would be because you can you can shape the walls in different ways and yeah slabs and, and stairs and your slabs in the in the cave are not cobblestone so they don't yeah. kind of pop out at you exactly uh, which is which is nice yeah and and I think all that's all that's really positive the the, the hit on diorite for me is just that it's such a such a bright white like it's yeah. so different from everything else not that you're going to really you know I mean if you're building a cave or you're building something in stone you're probably going to carve out the both granite and the diorite you know and and replace it with smooth stone or andesite just because it's not going to be nearly as jarring it's not going to be like a, a salmon or a white stripe going down through your cave mm-hmm. um it, back when back before the beta textures came out before any of this changed and it was the original andesite diorite granite and smooth stone i would leave all the andesite wherever i found it i really didn't mind that kind of speckling my my digs it was mostly the i would remove the granite and the diorite and just replace it with whatever i had as long mm-hmm. as it wasn't cobble yeah um so i'm, I'm thinking they're going to have more of that um, i hope they bring the, the the gravel back a little bit so that that works a little bit better in in terms of the gray blocks um something that i i thought about though with uh both granite red sandstone sort of uh in the new bricks is that it gives you with stairs and slabs it gives you a lot more roofing textures yeah yeah which is nice uh i can't say you can do the same thing with diorite like you can you can justify a lot even if you really don't think you're going to build walls or or special builds with any of the other stones you can usually say well it's got stairs now so that means i can at least make some nice roof you know Mm -hmm. different colored roofs out of it uh but i still don't see myself doing a, a white um diorite polished or polished diorite roof you know (laughs) yeah i I think it it's one of those things where it's kind of nice to have it as part of your builder's toolkit and who knows in you know in in six months time or whatever when the snapshot comes out maybe we'll find people finding good uses for that that we hadn't even thought of right now and that's i think and there's going to be changes too absolutely yeah yeah and there's still plenty of time for it all to change so uh yeah i would encourage everybody to submit their feedback uh, to the Minecraft sort of feedback forums and on the, the suggestions, Reddit and stuff, they are listening to stuff like this. And Jappa has been kind of chatting back and forth with everybody on Twitter for mm-hmm. the entire week, basically. Uh, so it looks like we're not going to get as far as our main discussion topic this week, uh, because this has been our main discussion topic, basically. So yes, we would love to hear your Halloween-related uh, Minecraft stuff, like have you been decorating for Halloween? Like, do you guys all get together and fight the wither on Halloween as a super spooky challenge? Anything like that. So we might get into that stuff uh, next week. But before we go, I think it would be nice to read a bit of a listener email, considering that's what we're we're asking you guys to do that. So let's uh, let's go out on a piece of chunk mail. Uh, how about you read this one? Sounds good to me. And this relates both to our discussion this week, as well as some of the nether discussion from uh, last week. Was it last week or the week before? No, week before. Uh, and uh, the emailer has decided to remain anonymous, but they said, Hey, Joel and Johnny slash Pixel Riffs. I love the Spawn Chunks. I listen every time I play Minecraft. Thank you very much. That's very kind of you to say. I have yet to listen to the most recent episodes, Stairway to the Nether, but so you may have talked about this already. I would like your opinions on the default texture for the magma block. Personally, I think 
think it's one of the worst textures in the game. It's very pixelated and looks very flat. I'm not, it's not something people talk about often, so I would like to hear your thoughts on it. Thanks for the amazing podcast and all of the time that you put into it. Well, thank you very much, Anonymous. Uh, they know who they are. Mm-hmm. Uh, which is good. If you didn't know who you are, that would be a problem. So cu- coming uh, coming right off our texture talk, let's roast the magma block. <laughs> uh, I don't mind it as its own texture. When I see it in the nether, I think, sure, it's a magma block. It, it has a function mm-hmm. in terms that you can use it for farming and that it hurts you when you're not crouching on it and stuff like that. I don't really think about it much in terms of when I walk by it in the world. However, something that we pointed out or touched on a little bit uh, two weeks ago is that it really doesn't have any other use. Mm. Yeah. Uh, the only time I've ever used one outside of uh, outside of farms, like using it as like a, you a know, functional a mob, block, killer, yeah. mob killer thing, I put a dark oak log and a magma block next to one another in my fireplace in my inn. And it looks like a. It looks like the end of the log is smoldering. Looks mm. like it's a like it's burning. Because we don't have fire tech turned off on the server, I didn't want to put a fire in the fireplace. In my <laughs> yeah, wooden, yeah. Bad things happen. You know, in my, my yeah, exactly. My wooden in. So that that to me was a cool feature that I could use it for, but it's very limiting. And I would like it to be more usable in builds. I also think that you could. I think the magma block needs to be able to be crafted into other things. I think it should be a, it's almost like it needs to be like a collectible block for other uses. Like you can make it into other things. What do you think about it? Yeah, I, I think I think I'm along the same lines. It's it's never really been like a, the main offender for me as far as texture goes. Um, when it first got introduced, I expected it to blend more with the netherrack. I expected it to be like netherrack texture just with some more lines in it. Uh, mm-hmm. And I think there had been mods and so forth that had already done that with, say, like nether ores and things like that. And I think there were even magma style blocks in some nether expansion mod packs. So I'd seen stuff like that, like like it. And I don't really know if the you know, the magma block texture ever really registered with me. You know, it's, it's not the kind of thing that where I felt it was particularly out of place. And when you, where you find it in the nether, it's right next to a lava lake and usually sort of surrounded by netherrack anyway. So it bridges between those two quite well. But yeah, I think the actual clumps of rock or whatever that is in the magma block do look kind of flat when considered on their own. So a little bit of a little bit of detail could be added to it. I don't know if it is one of the blocks they plan to revise simply because it's been added so recently that I think mm-hmm. it's been part of their current vision for Minecraft, which some of the blocks that they're trying to update really weren't the the, the sort of legacy blocks that are yeah. now kind of being brought forward into this new texture pack so i don't know maybe it's one they could revisit in future but to be honest m- my opinion is that i've not really got an opinion on it <laughs> like yeah. you i would love to see it used for more stuff i would like to see it craftable into other things but that's because i'm a builder and i want to have more stuff at my disposal i've never really yeah. used magma block in a build yet so Maybe I'll have more of an opinion on it if I ever get the opportunity to do that. But as of right yeah. now, not much to say about it. I've used it to light stuff. Um, this was before they either fixed the bug or the bug developed into something different where it you could put a torch under it and it would it would have the same light level of, of the torch. Yeah. Uh, and so would be able to give off stuff. And early in the game, you can get a lot more magma block than you can, say, glowstone. Uh, it also has a different 
color when you look at it. So if you're trying to make a dark, spooky build in the Nether and you want to use it to light your like your Nether hub, it was cool that you could then assign a full light level to um, to the magma block. Mm -hmm. Not because it's going to prevent any spawning, but just because it's going to you're going to be able to see the build better. Um, I wish that it was more functional because that is now, as far as I know, and please correct me if I'm wrong, uh, for anybody listening, that when the chunks are unloaded, it loses that residual light assignment and it just goes back to being default. Um, I wouldn't mind if it had a higher light level, like something like glowstone gives off light level 15. And then as you get farther away, it, it, you know, each block you go farther, it diminishes. It would be cool if, if magma was like right in the middle, like rather than like down around five or four, if it was up around like seven or eight, like you could do like a, a half light, uh, especially because magma blocks don't fire spread so you could use magma blocks as lights or light sources with carpets on them or something like that in the overworld if they have just enough light to stop spawning but then it's not bright bright like it doesn't turn your place into it into like a, a very well lit sort of situation that would be kind of fun as long as it doesn't um, prevent spawns in my creeper farm that's the main thing yeah <laughs> yeah exactly so and that's the thing like for me i i think it could maybe use a little bit a little bit more of a because you don't want it to look like it could be Stacked. I mean, you can make cobblestone walls and they look like they're stackable or cobblestone also works as a, as a road. It would be neat if you could use magma in the same way, maybe not as a road because you wouldn't necessarily want to walk on that. But it would be nice if, if magma blocks somehow tied into other blocks, but I don't see how they would be able to do that while still being able to leave it being kind of naturally found in the world. Um, I think something we touched on a couple episodes ago um, in terms of being able to craft magma blocks into something else or combine them with an existing brick like nether brick or right like ned red, can't speak like red nether brick to get something else like something that has a lava texture in amongst the bricks uh absolutely going into a fantasy realm of like you know lava bricks or something but that would be cool it wouldn't necessarily be any kind of you know realistic thing but like neither's another so i think that would be that would be the way to go uh i I'd like to be able to do more with it in terms of landscaping and making like lava pits or volcanoes or something like mm -hmm. that. It would be cool if it had some different variants, but I'm not sure how they would do that. Yeah, um, that'd, again, that'd be a, like, a texture pack thing and optifying kind of multi Yeah, like slabs varieties. and stairs don't make any sense, right? Yeah. Like I don't, you don't want those different shapes because you, you can't walk on it. So it really doesn't matter in that way. Mm -hmm. Um, I just, it, I think that if they do anything different with the magma block, then what they should do is maybe make it more of a functional block. I don't necessarily think it needs any kind of aesthetic change as it is because you can't really use it for anything. Well, that's going to wrap up this episode of The Spawn Chunks. You can find more information about the show and links to some of the things we talked about today and in previous episodes on thespawnchunks.com. The music for the show was composed by me and The Spawn Chunks is proud to be a listener-supported podcast. If you get some value out of the show, why not consider putting some value back in? You can visit patreon.com slash thespawnchunks to join the community, where pledging at any level will get you an invite to our patrons-only Discord chat and will get us closer to insert Patreon goal here. <laughs> I say it that way because we have yet to like actually establish any more Patreon goals, but we've been brainstorming those behind the scenes and we are getting close to 
ironing out what we want the game plan for the show to be. In the meantime, we are currently sat at 24 patrons, which is really awesome. And of course, we want to thank everybody for keeping the discussion in our Discord merry and bright. It's been fantastic to get people's input on the snapshots, and I'm sure we'll be able to discuss more and more features as the snapshots roll on and we get closer to 1.14. In the meantime, there are many other ways you can spread the word about the show without supporting us on Patreon, and Joel will now explain. One of the easiest ways to share the show is just to poke a friend in the arm and say, hey, I think you should listen to this. And if you use social media, you can find us at The Spawn Chunks on Twitter and Instagram and tell your friends all over the planet that you listen to the show and they should too. Uh, you can also email us at thespawnchunks at gmail.com. Don't forget to send us your Halloween-y, spooky Minecraft stories. And you can find The Spawn Chunks on iTunes, Google or Google Podcasts, Stitcher, and Spotify. Woohoo! Hey. The RSS feed for the show is at thespawnchunks.com if you'd like to add that to your favorite podcast player. We also have a patron-only RSS feed on the Patreon page. That is how you get the pre-show and post-show. You have to be a patron, but once you are a patron, you will see the special feed that will get you the extra content currently attached to the Spawn Chunks. My name is Pixel Riffs, and you can find most of what I do at youtube.com slash pixelriffs, where I have a Minecraft survival guide series for beginners and a multiplayer Let's Play series called Decidedly Vanilla. I'm also the voice for the unofficial Hermitcraft recap, which you can find through a quick YouTube search, and I stream three days a week on Twitch, where these days I mostly work on larger Minecraft projects for my YouTube series, but I play other games from time to time. Aside from that, I'm at Pixel Riffs on both Twitter and Instagram. Joel, where can people find you online? You can find everything I am doing online at joelduggan.com. It is where I keep my illustration and design portfolio. As you probably heard this week, I spent a lot of time at Halcon. You can follow me at joelduggan on Instagram and see some of the work that I was posting there. I'm also going to have some uh, commissions uh, scanned and shared hopefully soon on Instagram as well. And I think I'm going to just continue to plug the Citadel Cafe. It's the other podcast I do. It's about sci-fi and geeky entertainment. So as we're heading into, you know, the Christmas time with new movies and stuff coming out, then you might want to check out the Citadel Cafe to hear the things that we talk about over there. That's it for me. Thanks for visiting the Spawn Chunks. The world outside is infinite, and if the stew looks suspicious, it's probably fine.